Okay, so now we've taken the refuges and precepts and we have this orientation to kindness. I think we can move a bit more fully into the actual meditation practice. And I'd like to give some instructions just to begin the meditation techniques that we'll be practicing over the next few days, all of which are different forms of insight meditation or vipassana to use the Pali word. And insight means seeing clearly, understanding our experience with wisdom so that we can live our lives in ways that reduce suffering and cultivate ease, happiness, peace, and freedom. So that's pretty much a one-second description of a whole lifetime of practice. And like any journey, it happens in stages. So over the course of this retreat, we're going to be exploring some of the key techniques of insight practice based on the main text that all of these insight teachings come from, the Satipatthana Sutta, or the four foundations of mindfulness, four establishments of awareness, or four domains of attention, as it's also translated. And even though I'm pretty confident that all of you here already have some understanding of mindfulness, I want to just explore what mindfulness means in this context. (coughs) Because, as I'm sure you all know, mindfulness is popping up everywhere these days. So four years ago when I started exploring this, I googled the word mindfulness and I got 17.5 million hits I did it again this morning and I got 214 million hits. So that just gives you a little snapshot of the exponential rise of this term and how it's become more and more of a buzzword. And when anything becomes a buzzword, it loses some of its subtleties, the nuances of of its original meanings. So I wanted to explore that because mindfulness is so much more than just coloring in mandalas as it's sometimes presented. So the English word mindfulness is the usual translation of the Pali word sati. And this word sati literally means to remember, to remember to be aware what's happening now in the present moment. And on one level, it's quite simple. But I'd like to read you a few of my favorite definitions of mindfulness from some of my own meditation teachers to just show some of the different flavors of what this word means. So Gil Fransdahl says, Mindfulness is the cultivation of clear, stable, and non-judgmental awareness. Non-judgmental awareness. Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein say, Mindfulness means being aware of what is going on as it actually arises, not being lost in our conclusions or judgments about it, our fantasies of what it means, our hopes, our fears, our our aversion. Rather, mindfulness helps us see nakedly and directly this is what is happening right now. So in that phrase, seeing nakedly and directly, there's a flavor of intimacy there. And I mention this because people sometimes misunderstand mindfulness to be a kind of a separation from experience, a distancing or disconnecting from it. 
But true mindfulness has this quality of as we get closer to the experience, becoming more fully intimate with it. Really being able to open to the full spectrum of what we experience. So some of you know the German scholar monk Bhikkhu Analio, who was here a couple of years ago now, who wrote his PhD on the Satipatthana Sutta. And I know him a little bit. He speaks about 13 different languages in addition to English and German. He also speaks Chinese and Tibetan and Sanskrit and so on, Pali. And I mention this because even with his vast understanding of the nuances of language, he has um, collapsed the definition of mindfulness into just four words. Keep calmly knowing change. So sati is keep calmly knowing change. And then he abbreviates even that to four letters, KC, KC. Keep calmly knowing change. That's all we have to do over these next few days. And that process of keep calmly knowing change allows insight to naturally arise. So sati has this nuance of remembering to be present. And another word for remembering is recollecting. And this also is an aspect of mindfulness. Recollecting or gathering our attention so in this sense, sati is about bringing the mind back from its habitual scatteredness and distraction to a state of more collectedness or completeness or wholeness. So we can think of this as the full part of mindfulness. So for example, in relation to mindfulness of breathing, the English monk Ajahn Suchito talks about letting the breath fill the mind. Letting the breath fill the mind so that there's no room for anything else. So mindfulness is about being fully present with whatever we're experiencing in the moment. To know what we're doing as we're doing it and to know that we know. And this is what's known as the clear comprehension aspect of mindfulness. And in the Pali text, the word sati is often paired with another Pali term, sampajano, which is usually translated as clear comprehension. And this means being aware of the context of what we're doing so that our actions are appropriate. And I mention this because sometimes people get very minutely mindful of just one aspect of experience, maybe just the breath or just sensations in the body, but they lose the wisdom aspect of mindfulness and lose connection with the context. So maybe some of you have had that experience, particularly in longer retreats where somebody gets very, very slow and they're moving through the lunch line, paying excruciating attention to every movement of the arm serving the food, completely oblivious to the other 10 people standing behind them waiting to get the food before it goes cold. Or sometimes you may have had your own experience of very slowly, mindfully walking to the bathroom to take a shower, and you get there and you didn't bring your towel or your toiletries. So again, mindfulness... If it's true, mindfulness has this aspect of clear seeing, of sati, sampajano. So 
So mindfulness is a tool to help us develop wisdom. And in the Buddha's teachings, wisdom is the ability to understand all the habitual ways that we tend to react to our experience that cause stress, distress, suffering. And it's also the wisdom to understand how to change those habitual ways of reacting so that we can live with more ease, happiness, peace, and freedom. And again, this is a whole lifetime of practice to understand on deeper and deeper levels how and where we get caught in reactivity and how to free ourselves from it. And to start this process this morning, we'll begin by working with the breath. Why do we start with the breath? Because the breath is always available. If we're alive, we're breathing, which means we can practice meditating anywhere, anytime. Even right now, as you're sitting here listening to me or not listening to me, you can also be aware of the breath to just rest a part of the awareness on this experience of breathing in and breathing out. And it's important that this awareness is relaxed, not forced. We're not trying to concentrate on the breath. We're not fixating on it, not trying to make something special happen. Instead, it's a relaxed receptivity that simply recognizes the breath coming into the body and leaving the body. So we bring awareness to the physical sensations of the breath, wherever they're clearest for you. For some people, that might be the abdomen. For some people, it might be the chest. Some people, it might be the nostrils. doesn't matter where you notice the breath, but just experiment and see where is it most clear for you. And this process of coming back to the breath, staying steady with the breath, develops a second very important quality of mind, stability of mind, also known as samadhi. This word samadhi is usually translated as concentration, but more accurately it means the ability to steady the mind, to stabilize it, to have it stay connected with whatever we're paying attention to. So some teachers describe it, samadhi as non-distractability, non-scatteredness, unwaveringness. And so we use the breath as a kind of a home base to begin to develop this stability of mind. And we come back to the home base whenever we realize that we've got distracted. So we sit down to practice mindfulness of breathing. And I sometimes say mindfulness of breathing is almost a setup. And more accurately, we should call it mindfulness of breathing and thinking. Because that's for most people more accurately what the actual experience is. And this is normal and natural. It's not a problem. So we sit down. We tell ourselves we're going to stay connected to the breath. Within a period of time, perhaps even a nanosecond, the attention wanders off. You recognize that. Okay. Simply bring the awareness back. This is not a problem unless we make it one. So one of my teachers, Joseph Goldstein, talks about the importance of simply beginning again. In some ways, this is the whole of the practice. These are the three most important words 
we sit down, we stay present. 30 seconds later, we're lost. With a smile, simply begin again and bring the awareness back to the experience of breathing. And the more we keep calmly doing that, the more the mind naturally settles and stabilizes. Like Graham said last night, it's letting the water naturally calm down and become clear. On the other hand, if we berate ourselves every time the attention has wandered, that only increases the agitation, leads to more restlessness, aversion, and so on. So letting sati and samadhi, mindfulness and stability of mind, naturally work together to steady the attention and sharpen it. That's what we'll be doing this morning. So I'd like to move into a period of meditation now. But let's just, again, because we've been sitting for a while, take a moment just to stand mindfully and slowly and stretch and just bring a bit of ease to the body and then we'll sit down for some formal practice. <laughs> 